Good morning, everyone. We have a wonderful day. We continue. We left off. We started yesterday the ninth chapter of Avakama. Hagayzaleitzim. So on the bottom of ninety ninety three B, the um, ninth line from the bottom. We dedicate this class, our brothers and sisters in the Holy Land, especially those on the front line. Shem should keep them safe. May all the wounded have a full and speedy recovery. May all the hostages return home safely. So yesterday we learned that if, if you steal something and then you change it, it's changed. So then the change, who does the change belong to? The, the improvement, the appreciation. So let's say you stole wood. And you turned it into, uh, you, you changed it. You turned it into, uh, you sort it, or you, you, uh, poly- you, you, uh, find, you made it fine, you smoothed it out. You made a permanent change. You changed it. Or you took uh, wool of the animal and you spun it, and you turned it into, into fine. So you change it. So that appreciation, that belongs to the, to the thief. You have to return. You have to return the value of the state that it was at the time of, uh, when when you stole it. Now the Gemara says, "Abraya." Abaya says, "Rab Shimon ben Yehuda, Rab Shammai, Rab Lazar ben Yaakov, Rab Shimon ben Lazar, Rab Ishmael." These five rabbis, Kulis Vidale, Shinibim Kaimim. They hold it. Even if you change it, it doesn't matter. Nothing changes. Even if you change it. Appreciate you change it, it goes. You restore it, you return it back to the original owner. So he explains. We just said. He said that uh, there's a law that says you have to give the uh, the shorn wool. You have to give to the koyin. The first shorn wool is given to the koyin. There's a certain amount. And Taylor says you add. You have you have five sheep and the and there's wool. And it adds up to a certain amount, it all connects, and you have to give it to the Kayan. What if, before you had a chance to give it to the Kayan, you dyed it, you dyed the wool, you changed it? So, so Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda said, Rabbi Shimon ben Yehuda says, so the rabbis say that once you die, that once you died it, it's changed. So you can no longer, you don't have to give it to the kohen anymore. It's not in its original state, pure wool. So it doesn't add up together with the other wool that you reach the quota that you have to start giving away to the kohen. But the Rav Shimon Yehuda argues, he says, no, it doesn't matter. Even though you died it, so you've changed it, it doesn't matter. It goes back, it goes to the, it goes to the kohen. So Rabbi Shemihuda says that a change, nothing changes. Even though you change it, nothing changes. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Bishame, we do know Bishame holds this. Mahi, Tani, we learn the Braise. That if a person, the Torah says, you're not allowed to give a gift to a prostitute, he can't bring that gift to the temple as an offering in the temple. Let's say he paid the prostitute with an animal. He can't offer that animal on the altar as a sacrifice. It's disgusting to Hashem. Hashem is repulsed by this. But the, what if he paid her with wheat? And then a son sailors, the prostitute went and turned it into flour. She ground the wheat and turned it into flour. Or Zesim, she was paid for her services, she was paid with olives. And then Osim Shemen, she turned it into the oil. Or Anavim, grapes. And then she fermented it and turned it into wine. So One Braise says that this flour and this wine and this oil is prohibited. You're not, you can't offer it in the temple. The temple, you offered animals, you also offered the mincha, which was flour and, and, and the libation, the wine, and the oil was mixed with the flour. So all of this is prohibited from being offered, offered to Hashem because it's all, it's a payment for her prostitution. Even though it changed, the form, doesn't matter. Another Bryce says, Mutardim, it's allowed. Amr Rabbi Yehesu, Yehesu explained, that's a contradiction. So Tamni Gurian, Gurian learns the Maspurk from Maspurk. We continue in 94a. This argument is the argument of Shammai and Bezillah. Beishamai says even though it changed form, it doesn't matter. It, 
the more it changes, the more it stays the same. It's considered that this is the payment that you receive, and it's despised by Hashem. You can't offer it as an altar. It's not the same. She got paid olives and turned into oil. She got paid grapes and turned into wine. She got paid wheat and it turned into she turned it into flour. It's not the same, and that therefore it's okay. Okay, my time in the Bishan. What's the reasoning of the Bishan? What's his source? Amakrat says in the Pasik, Also, both of them. Also, the Tater says payment for prostitution and a substitute for a dog. If you exchange a dog for something, a barter. So anything that was bartered for a dog, if an animal was bartered for a dog, a sheep, a goat, a, a cow, a calf, a, a, a calf, you can't, you, can't, you can't offer it on the altar. So it says, Gam Also, these two. So it says, These two things. The, the barter of a dog and the payment of a prostitution. Why say, add, and? And comes to add. that even though it changed form, it's, it still remains prohibited. Vesilil. Vesilil says it's okay, it's kosher, because I'm a crow. Hey, Heim, they, only them, if it's in its original state, if it's wheat, or the animal is given an animal, then this animal he can offer as a sacrifice. Or it is given wine, or given, or given oil, or given flour, or it is given wheat and turned it into flour, or given uh, grapes and turned it into wine, or given olives, uh, uh, that's okay. What's Bishami going to do? It says in the Pasuka, Heim. Heim means them and not, nothing else. So you know what it says. Uh, Bishami will tell you, Ahu. That Heim is, is coming. And if he paid, if he gave her a cow, was pregnant, so the cow gives birth to a calf, that calf is, you're allowed to, you're allowed to offer that calf as, a, as, a, as an altar. That's what the possible. Hey, unbelievable! Not not their offspring. According to Bezillel, so Tarti Shamet Mino. Hey, Malishine. Hey, Malishine. The same. According to Bezillel, holds he holds that I need. I learn from Hey. I learn both things. Hillel says that Hey comes to teach me. That only it in its original form, not in its changed form. Where do you know that the offspring is okay? It says the same thing. Haim, because it teaches me in both things. Haim, will the same. Only it, not the offspring, and not, uh, not if it changed form. Okay. What's basically going to do with the gam, that extra, also those two? What's the also coming to add? That indeed is quite, quite, we don't understand, it's a question, according to Basilil, doesn't refute Basilil's position, the law follows Basilil, but it's a question, how's Basilil, what's Basilil going to do with the gun, what's the puzzle coming to add? It has implications regarding theft. According to Bishamah, even if it changes, it's considered the more it changes, the more it stays the same, nothing changed, and therefore you have to return it back to the, uh, to the owner. According to Basilel, no, and the law follows Basilel, and therefore all of these rabbis, we don't follow all these five rabbis, we follow Basilel. Basilel says, no, that once it changed the appreciation, that belongs to the thief. You only have to restore the owner the, the way it was when it was stolen. Okay, Rabbi Lezim Yaakov, what do you see Rabbi Lezim Yaakov also holds like this? Mayhi, what's the source? Tandil, in the Bredaisa, Lezim Yaakov, Amen. If he stole a saw, a certain amount of chitin, of wheat, and then the thief ground it, kneaded it, baked it, and he separated challah. How can he make a blessing on this mitzvah? He's not, he's angering Hashem. He's not blessing Hashem. You're not pleasing Hashem. You're angering Hashem. Very nice of you. You stole, and with this stolen, stolen object, you're doing a mitzvah. Hashem despises you. So you're not allowed to make a blessing. And whoever steals, and you bless, it's, it's like you're, you're angering Hashem. You're cursing Hashem. Someone steals, and then he gives a million dollars to the yeshiva. Very nice of you. <laughs> it's very nice. You're very generous with other people's money. You know, you're angering Hashem. You're doing a mitzvah and you're stealing. So, so you see, even though you change it, you can say, wait a minute. You can argue. What do you say? Change forms. He's not making the bracha with the, with the, with the, with the kernels. He changed forms. He grounded. 
So therefore it should be okay. According to our mission, it will be okay. But according to Abshim Yaakov, it's not okay. Abshim Menelazah, where do we say Abshim Menelazah holds that, that even though it changed, nothing changed? Ma'id, Tani, Ulan, Abraiz, Kalzam, Abshim Menelazah, but Abshim Menelazah said a rule, a general rule called Shvach. Shizriach, Gazlin, Yodayal, Yen. Any improvement, appreciation that was done by the hands of the Gazlin, he improved it. So he, he has the upper hand, meaning, if he wants, he says, okay, pay me for the appreciation. I'm going to return you the object. I have to return to you the object, but you have to pay me the appreciation. I invested. I improved you, your product. So you have to pay me for the appreciation. Or he says, here, take it. Don't give me any. Here, take it back. So the question this is my comment. The mother wants to understand. We don't understand what Hashem is saying. What do you mean? Shalach lefanecha, as if, as if, okay, you don't want to so find. Here is yours. How, how is I can help him if he's returning it as it appreciated? What do you mean? Shalach lefanecha. Here it is. Why in the world? So he's losing. He doesn't get anything. He's giving him the whole appreciation. He's saying, either you're going to pay me for the appreciation. If not, you don't want to pay me. Here, take it. Oh, really? Thank you. That's exactly it. Thank you for giving me the appreciation, the whole thing, plus the appreciation. What, what, what's, what, what's, what's he saying? Then? This is what he's saying. If he appreciated it because of his work, we did something to appreciate it. He gets paid for the appreciation. The differentiation between what it was worth and how much because of his investment it, it appreciated, the, the owner has to pay him. But if it depreciated, if it depreciated, then the thief can tell the, the owner, take it as is. Because the shinivim came Just because it changed and it got worse, it depreciated because of his, whatever he was doing, made it go down in value. He painted it an ugly yellow, no one wants. <laughs> doesn't change anything. It, it, the more it changes, the more it stays the same, and it stays as is. Here is the item as is, and therefore you can't demand from me, what do you mean? Pay me, what do you mean? You stole something that was worth $100, because of whatever you, you patched it around with it, now it's worth less. You changed it, so now pay me the difference. Not only it's not enough to give me back the item, pay me the difference of the loss. No, here it is, as is. Change doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything. I'm giving it to you as I stole it, and I'm returning to you. What exactly what I stole, I'm returning to you. I made a change. That's that 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 doesn't change anything. If that's the case, I feel not me. If you hold that change, the more it changes, the more it stays the same. Change doesn't count. It should work both ways. So even the appreciation returns me the item. And the owner will benefit from the appreciation. So I'm reading about answers. You're right. Really, that should be the case. But, otherwise the thief will never do truva. He invested so much, sweat and toil, and he appreciated and because of, and now he has to return it, he loses, doesn't get a dime for all of his effort. He's, you know what, I'm not going to return back, the, I'm not going to come clean, I'm not going to return back. The, so we made a special enactment that we have to pay him to make it easier for the thief to do true. Rabbi Shmuel, where do we see Rabbi Shmuel? He's the last one of the five rabbis. Where do we see he also holds of this? The mitzvah is you have to separate the edges of your field to leave it for the poor people. You have to leave it in the field, the stalks, as they're attached to the ground. Just don't harvest it. Leave it for the poor people. Yeah, because it says, don't cut it, don't harvest it. Leave the edge of the field for the poor people. But what if He didn't listen. He did harvest. He harvested the entire field. He didn't leave a single stalk at the edge of the field. He's not off the hook. Then he has to take from the bundles and he has to separate and give it to the poor what if he didn't, he, didn't do, he didn't do the right thing he continued after the he didn't separate it to poor people and he piled it all up together after he winnowed it he piled them all up together and he separated the stones, the pebbles he piled it all up together and smoothed it out fine so he still so he has to take a, a portion of that and give it to the poor 
What if Merchu, he already, actually Merchu, what if Merchu, he smoothed it out? Ma'as, first he has to take, then it's too late. Once, once he did Merchu, it's, it's like finished. It's like the last thing that makes you, it triggers the obligation to give Maisa. So now you have to give Maisa. Peya, you don't have to give Maisa from. It's to the poor. Anything that belongs to the poor, you don't have to give Maisa. But here I didn't, I didn't take my Peya. I didn't separate my Peya. And here I already Merchu, I smoothed out the pile. And now it triggered the obligation of Maisa. So that you, you're not off the hook of Maisa. You have to give the full Maisa of the full pile. But then... And afterwards, nice and light. Then you have to give the poor people the pay. So, so you never off the hook. Okay, so that's the opinion of the rabbis. Rabbi Shmuel Amru, Rabbi Shmuel argues. He said in the name of Rabbi Shmuel, Even after he didn't take mice, even from the smooth of pile. He grounded, he baked it. He has to take from, from no, from, from the dough. He's holding at the dough. He has to take from the dough and give it to the poor person. So even though it changed, it's one thing you can say, it's the stalks, it's the kernels, nothing changed, it's just piled it together. But here I changed, I ground it, it turned it into, into flour, it turned into dough. Nothing changed. The more it changes, the more it stays the same, you have to return. Why did all the Tanoim have to give all these cases? And why, did, why did they just say... That they hold like Olashminakibeshamai. They all hold like Bishamai. The law follows Basil. All these rabbis disagree with Basil. They hold like Shamai. Because that's the origin of this whole argument. Whether the Taylor considers as the Taylor says, Hashem despises, don't bring the payment of prostitution, don't bring it on the altar. But if it changed form, Basil says it's not it's not the same. And Mishami says, no, it is the same. So that's the source of all of these, all these halachas, whether the laws of payah, the laws of theft. So are you telling me they all of these rabbis follow Bishamai, even though the law always follows Bishilil? Amalei, Sabaya, answer to the papa, you know, you don't understand. What these rabbis are saying is, they hold that Basil is not arguing with Bishamin. Basil would agree with Bishamin. That the more it changes, the more it changes, it, it, it stays the same. No, they never accepted that this, you had a tradition of Basil and Bishamin arguing. We, ha, we hold Basil doesn't argue with Bishamin. It's unanimous. Everyone holds. So I'm a rabbi, so, rabbi. so this, this was Abayah's thing. Abayah is saying all these five rabbis say the same thing. How do you know this? How do you know that Shimon Ben Yehuda agrees that it changes, there is no change? Maybe there is different. Paint, I can remove the paint. There's special things you put the paint and removes the paint, I can change the paint. So it's not a real change. Really, in principle, he agrees that if it changes, it changes, and it's not the same. But the paint, that's not considered a change, because I could undo that change. And Even the whole, you're saying Beishamai, you know why there? Because it's disgusting. Really, change is a change. If you take wheat and, and grind it and, and turn it into flour, it's a change. But Fashem is disgusting. You're talking about the Mizbeach. It's even if it's subtle, there's a subtle odor, a bad odor, a stench that it came from prostitution. And even though it changed form, Hashem says, you know, maybe it's good for you, it's not good for me. So it's different, it's a higher standard. What are you comparing? It's for Hashem, for Mizbeah. Hashem knows where it came from. So even though it changed form, Hashem says, please, not on my altar. If someone stole wheat, and ground it, and kneaded it, and baked it. So he says he can't make a bracha. Go again, you're blessing Hashem. So since so there we look at the origin, where did it come from? It's a mitzvah Yes, technically you change form, fine. But the bottom line is, how can you make a bracha? We know where it came from. Hashem knows where it came from. You're thanking Hashem. You think Hashem doesn't know where you got this, uh, this beautiful, delicious challah from? So therefore you can't make a bracha. Only in that case. 
said that if you change the theft and you depreciate it, whatever you did, depreciated in value. He can tell him, tell the thief, can tell the owner, take it as is. Maybe it's talking about a depreciation that could be reversed. He can fatten up the animal. Maybe he didn't feed the animal. So the animal lost depreciated in value. But the owner always has the option of reversing that. He can fatten, fatten them up. <laughs> they'll be back the way it was. But in a case of a true change, which is irreversible, maybe Rabbi Shemuel Lazar agrees. says that even though it changed form, you took the wheat and you grab the kernels and you ground it and you turn it into flour and you turn it into dough. The Torah adds an extra taziv, aziv taziv. An extra taziv comes to add that it's that no matter what form it changes into, you still have to give that payah to the poor people. The people, the poor people are not going to be deprived of the payah. You think you're so clever? You got away with it? You, you play shenanigans, um, ta- tax exemptions and loopholes. Tell you, say we're not getting no loopholes there. You're going to end up paying. No matter what you do, you're going to end up making sure the poor person gets his share. So there is a special, special case. And if you're going to say okay, fine, but why don't you learn from them? Maybe the Tater is teaching me a principle. That's the way of the Tater. Tater gives us one example, one concrete example, and that becomes a principle for the entire Tater. So I can say, no, there's different. Matnas Aniyam shiny. Gifts to the poor are different. Okay, the boy Rabbi Ennison, like Rabbi Ennison asked, the boy Rabbi Ennison, my time is Rabbi Shmuel. Why do, what's the reasoning of Rabbi Shmuel? That you have to separate payah, he argues with the rabbis. The rabbis say you only have to separate payah as long as the kernels, yeah, they've been smoothed over, but they're still kernels. It's an original form. Rabbi, Rabbi Shmuel argues that no, even if he turned it into dough, he still has to give it to the payah. What's the reason? If you're going to say, shine is the reason is because he holds that the more things change, the more they stay the same, it doesn't matter, it's not considered a change. Dilma, perhaps, really holds shine but it's an extra pasuk, so it's exception, exception to the rule. And if you're going to want to say, like the first way, because he holds in general, it's a principle. It's a principle in the whole title. Shino is no change. Changes, it's not a change. So if that's the case, why do I need the extra tazit? The in addition, the rabbis who disagree with Rabbi Ishmael, who say it's only if it's an original form, it's a kernel, then you then you have to make up for the poor people. But once you once it's gone, once the kernels are gone and you ground it and you turn it into flour and turn it into dough, then it's too late. The poor people get nothing. So what's the extra taziv, aziv taziv? Sigmar answers me, boyle, I need a tanya. We learn the braise. We learn amavke karma. The law states, anything that's ownerless, you don't have to give mice. And you don't have to give any of the gifts of the poor. So he says, if someone takes his vineyard, he declares it's ownerless. Then he wakes up in the morning, he's as good as anyone else. First come, first serve. He reacquires it. <laughs> it was an ownerless state. Anyone, anyone could have come, but he woke up early. He wasn't lazy. He was the first one there and he acquires it. And he harvests it before the poor people come. He's obligated in all the obligations, all the gifts of the poor that you have to give when you harvest the field, the vineyard. But even though he's Patman and Maiser. So you see, there is a distinction between Maiser. Meiser is exempt because he was ownerless. He acquired it from all, even though it was his own field. The clever way, you know, you can get it out of Meiser. It's a nice loophole. Declared ownerless, but it's a risk. Because if someone else grabs it before you, you lost your whole field. But, you know, if you have a way, but if you do declare it ownerless, and you're clever, and you woke up, you were the first one to wake up and the first one to get there. Because you live there and you acquired it. It's yours, and then you're exempt from Meiser. But all that Azev Tazev comes to teach me, but all the other obligations of the field, you're not exempt. You're still obligated, because you're the original owner. 
If someone else acquires it, he would be exempt from everything. He doesn't have to leave the edge of the field, doesn't have to leave uh, anything that, that's forgotten, anything that's dropped. You know, the, 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 the grapes, the bunches that have uh, only a few grapes in it. But he, since he's the original owner, that's the extra Tazav coming to teach me. Okay. The law follows, like Shem ben who says that if he, the thief, depreciated the item, it's, he doesn't acquire it, he can tell the owner, here is, here is yours, take it. And he doesn't have to pay for the depreciation. In fact, the Shmuel actually say this. If the what if the you, you steal a live animal and then it dies? So Shmuel says you don't evaluate for the ganav and the gazel. He gets to keep, have fun with the carcass. You know you don't evaluate and you have to pay the difference. No, no, no. You acquired it. <laughs> you, you keep the carcass. You pay him a full animal. In the case of a damage, the dictator says no. You have to evaluate and you only pay the dif- the differential. The, the the, the difference. Yeah, yeah. If, of course, it's appreciated. You took a live animal and, and the, the carcass, so you evaluate what it's worth now, and you have to pay the difference. But here, in the case of a ganav, I'm sorry, you keep it. You acquired it. You stole it. It changed in your. It changed when in, under your possession. So you keep it and you pay the the owner the full animal. He doesn't want to know about this carcass. And here, Shmuel says. He is saying Shmuel says the law follows from Menelazar. That he does not acquire the Ganev does not acquire it if it depreciates. Here, here he says clearly that, it, that he does acquire it if it depreciates. Okay, so he says according to the Rabbah, he says he comes from Minalazar. Rabbah argues with the Bai. He says Rabshim Minalazar in general holds like Bezilil. That, that because everyone holds like Bezilil. That the change is a change, but there is different because we're talking about the type of depreciation that that's reversible. That Kasha the like Kasha, once it dies, it's 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 it's, it's an irreversible depreciation. So even Abshemelaza would agree that uh, have fun with it. You know, the, the thief gets to keep it. Yeah, the carcass. Who says no? Abshemelaza holds in principle that a change, nothing changes. It's a contradiction of Shmuel and Shmuel. Who said in the name of Shmuel? We continue on side B, ninety-four B. Listen, they say he's saying in the names of others. Others say the law follows, but I don't agree with it. Because we hold that Shina is kinder. It's our Mishnah, that's Hillel, and all, we disagree with all these five rabbis who hold that Hillel never argued. We hold that Hillel did argue and we follow Hillel. Doesn't matter if it changed. Taylor says you return the item that was stolen. No matter what what situation it is, what status it is, as is, whatever it is now, return it. Even if it changed. If you're going to say, it says the Mishnah not so. The Mishnah says that if you stole wood and you turned it into, a, into furniture, or you took wool and you turned it into a garment, you changed it, then the thief gets to keep it. You only have to pay the value of the wood that you stole, or the value of the wo- of the of the wool that you stole. So that's only rabbinic. Really, biblically, you would have to return it, no matter what. But the rabbi says with the Kodesh otherwise, otherwise it'll be make it impossible for people to do tshuva. You're going to tell him, I have to return it? I mean, I, I, I upgraded it. I, 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 I took a piece of wood and I turned it into this beautiful, beautiful piece of furniture. You have to, have to re- return the furniture. I have to give the furniture to the owner. I mean, I'm not going to do the trouble. It's, it's, too, it's too expensive. It's too hard. 
You have to make it easy. So we make an off-ramp. We make an off-ramp, try to make it easier for them to do trivia. So that's what we say, you know, you keep the furniture, just pay them the money, the value of the... Um, says the law always follows a stam mission. Whenever Rabbi, the author of the Mishnah, just states a law without saying an opinion, so and so said this, that means this is the acceptable halacha. This is this is the halacha. This is this has become the norm. This has become the acceptable. And it says in the Mishnah, Tanan, in Chulin, tracted Chulin. If the, the Jew didn't have a chance to give to the Kayan from the, 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 the shorn wool, his first wool, and then he, he, before he had a chance to give it to the Kayan, he dyed the wool. Pater, he doesn't have to give it. It changed. It's no longer the original wool. That's it. It's gone. That wool is gone. Changed. So we see that biblically, changes are changed. How can you say Rabbi And Rabbi Yechon says the law follows the Stam Mishnah. So how can Rabbi you say Rabbi Yechon says that biblically change doesn't count? The more it changes, the more it stays the same. As is, you just return it, whether it appreciates, depreciates, it doesn't matter. But rabbinically, the rabbis say that, you know, we make it easier for the, for the appreciator, we make it easier. It goes against the Mishnah in Chulat. One of the rabbis, and his name was Rabbi Yechon, answered. I'll explain what Rabbi Yechon. Rabbi Yechon is talking about an example. For example, she goes, He's talking about he took wood and he turned it into a piece of furniture. It's reversible. I can take it apart, take the furniture apart and, and restore it back to its wood. On this type of change, Rabbi Yechonin says that biblically you would have to return. And nevertheless, the rabbi says, it's too much of, an, too much of a bother. You're going to tell him, okay, break apart your furniture and give it back. You know, it's too much of a headache. I'm not going to, I'm going to keep the whole thing. I'm not going to come clean. So that's, that's what he's talking about. If it's a real change, it's a real change. Like dye, like wool that's been dyed. Then, then even biblically it's considered a change. Rabbis learn thieves and those who lend with interest and they collected the interest and then they return they returned the, the, the stolen item and returned the interest that they collected illegally so the rabbis enacted in Mehen. you shouldn't accept it from them. don't accept it from them. And I'm a kabul mehen, ain't ruacham nechman. If you do accept it, the rabbis are not pleased. Because we want to make it easier to do tshuva. So we, you should reject it. Say, you know what? Keep it. Keep the ribbons. You took it already, you collected it already, keep the interest. You, you, you stole it already, you, cha- you, 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 you stole it already. They return the, uh, the, the item. You got to keep it. You want to make it even. Don't forget the main. See the main. The reason why stealing is such a terrible thing, Gazela, is because it's like they rob you of your privacy. It's almost like being raped. He's telling you in your face. It's like uh, the communists, our communists are running our cities today, in our states, in our country. They tell you in your face, yours doesn't belong to you, your child doesn't belong to you, your money doesn't belong to you, I'll take, rob, steal, whatever you want, I'll tax you to death, I'll regulate you to death. In your face, I'm a communist, I'm going to take your money, your hard-earned money, I'm against you earning money in the first place, and if you do, I'm going to rob and steal and cheat and take all your money and give it to the illegal immigrants. You know, I'm gonna do whatever I want. You're nothing. You could be the, the you could be the, the the former president of the United States. I'll treat you like uh, you're nobody. You're nothing and nobody. So it, it, you you rob me. You know, in the capitalism, you, you you there's privacy. There's there's human dignity. There's my money. And you're telling me in my face, no, you don't possess any. You don't own anything. It takes a village. You don't own anything. You have nothing. You don't own anything. You're nobody. You're nothing. Your money is nothing. I'll take it from you in broad daylight. And it's, it's, like, it's like you took my life away. You raped me. That damage is irreversible. 
even if you pay me back the money, or, you know, the damage is already done. You already robbed me. I felt raped, violated. You're telling me I am nothing. My money is nothing. My private, there's no such thing as private possession. Everything I have belongs to the government, to these crooks with guns, mafia with guns, that's all they are. But, so therefore you're, you're ready. The damage is already done. You can, that, that, you, even if you pay me back in full, you, you can't, that damage is done already. So pay me, that, that's nothing. So, so keep it. So at least you can do truva. At least, at least make it easier for you to do truva. We're not talking about a case where, where two witnesses come and say he stole and we, we drag him to court kicking and screaming. He comes clean. He comes to the court and he says, he comes to the owner and he says, I stole it. I want to return it to you. I'm doing truva. No one forced him. We're not talking about if the court forces him. No, 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 no. We're talking about a genuine truva. He comes on his own, his own volition. He says, I couldn't sleep at night. I'm coming and I'm returning what I stole. Oh, coming and doing truva on your own. No one is forcing you. You're coming on your own. So let's make it easy for you to truva. Rabbi Echnan says, be made This Mishnah was taught... In the, in the days of Rebbe. Tanya, we learned the Braise, Maise, Be'echa, Be'echa, A person wanted the Truva. He sinned. He wanted the Truva. Amrla Yishti, his wife says to him, Reika, you empty one. You push the Kaili. Mataisa Truva. If you can do the Truva, I feel the Shalom. You don't own anything. Even the belt that you're wearing doesn't belong to you. You stole everything that you have. So you know what? Nimno, that's a truva. She frightened them off. You know, you're right. I don't want a truva. It's doing. I have to give everything away. I'm going to be left even without a belt. So that moment, Amru, the rabbi say, I got London. Those who steal, if he comes alone, he comes on his own, his own volition. He had a, he had a, in his heart, he feels bad and he feels he wants to change his life. He wants to turn a new leaf. And he comes in his own and is ready to return everything. Rabbi say, we should tell him, keep it. Keep your belt. Keep everything that you stole. And, you know, And if you do take it back, if the owner does take it back, or you take back the ribbons, the rabbis are not pleased. We can't force you, of course. It's your right. But we're not happy. You must say, Mace, I'll ask you, we learn What if the, the, the children inherit their father's money and part of that money was a ribbis he collected? He was a banker, that's how he made his money. He lived off a ribbis. He was golfing all day. He lent his money and, and uh, he didn't have to work a day in his life. All the interest. <laughs> He's collecting interest the rest of his life. And they inherit this money that he, that he, that he, that he took illegally from other Jews. Even though they know that this money was Ribbis money, they don't have to return. They don't have to return this interest payments to the borrower. So what do we see? We're saying the children don't have to, but the father would have to. Children don't have to because it wasn't their sin. Don't forget, Ribbis, it's not a financial payment. It's not like if the father stole, the children have to return it. It's not yours. It's not your father's. You can't inherit it. Ribis is not stolen money. Legally and financially, it makes 100% sense. The laws of ribis are not in the laws of Chesh and Mishba. The laws of ribis are in the laws of Yeridea, in the laws of things that are prohibited, You're not allowed, things that are not kosher, things you're not allowed to eat, to do. Because ribis, it's, it's financially, ribis makes sense. Not taking ribis makes no sense. What's the difference if I, if I rent you my apartment, I rent you my car, you have to pay? Right? So if I rent you my money, that money is sitting idle. If I lend you $100 and you're returning to me $100, I lost money. Because all that time I could have invested in the market, I could have invested in a dumb business. <laughs> you're giving me less than I gave you. doesn't make sense. Why shouldn't I take ribs? I'm giving you the time that I could have used this money for my own investments, my own business. I'm giving it to you. I'm losing money. So ribs makes sense. So there's no financial... It's not I did anything illegal. I stole someone's money. Firstly, I told them up front that I'm doing it. And everyone in the world does it. It's, it's the most normal, logical thing. It makes no sense not to take ribbons. It's an exception. Jews treat each other like brothers and sisters. So you're not going to charge your own brother and sister ribbons. You're not going to charge your own child that lives in your house. You're not going to charge them rent. It's your own child. Even though logically, I mean, why, I mean, why not? So we're different. 
So therefore, it's only a prohibition. So the children are not obligated to pay for their father's sins. They legally inherited the, this ribbon's money. It's legal money. But the father would have to return it. So you see that the, we see that we don't, that we don't have this enactment. So really, even the father would not have to return it. In other words, if he tried to return it, we would tell him, keep it. Based on this enactment. The reason why he says, in the case of the children, because he wants to teach us, be safer. Look at the end of that price. The main thing is what he says at the end of the time. But if the father left him a cow or a garment or something that's identifiable, which is he collected as ribis payment, so then parent, children are obligated to honor their parents even after their death. Today's chumash. If you curse your parent after their death, you get the severest penalty. Stone. Just like if you curse Hashem. So you're obligated to honor your parents even after their death. So it's, not, it's disrespectful because everyone is going to see this cow. You holding this cow, holding this garment. They know where this came from. This came from a sinful... Because the father collected it sinfully. He collected this as, 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 uh, as a ribus payment. So he's talking about the children. He wants to teach us the obligation of the children, even though legally they're not obligated to return it, but, but because of Kibadavaim, they're obligated to return it. That's why he mentions it. But you're right, even the father wouldn't, ret- wouldn't have to return the interest payment. Okay. But Ikrikam and Asib doesn't it say that the mitzvah of Kibadavaim is only. Only if he's a respectable Jew, if he's a religious Jew, if he's, if he's uh, observant. Here the father violated the prohibition of taking interest. Do the children have an obligation to honor such a father who's going against the Torah? The Torah says you're not allowed to curse the, 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 the leader of your community, the Nazi. But it says only Ba'amcha, if he's doing my Sa'amcha, if he's, if he's, if he's a leading an observant life. But if he's not leading an observant life, if he's a Russia, you'll have to curse him. Curse him because hate. So there's no obligation to honor parents who are not following the ways of the Torah. So what do you care if they keep the cow? Or they keep, or they keep even though everyone is identifiable, everyone knows that this is the cow that the father collected interest, but the father is a Russia. He took interest payment. But answers Ram Rapin, Rapinha says, also true. He did true. Talking about the father did true. Yes. He collected it for many years. He collected it. He sinned. But then he did true. So right now he's 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 in the status of true. He he changed his ways. So therefore I have to respect him. So to have this cow, this garment, this object, is identifiable, and everyone knows that he collected it illegally, immorally, it's, it's shameful. You have an obligation to honor your parents. my boy If he did truva, why why does the father still have <laughs> this cow that he collected with uh, with interest? He should have returned it. The Gemara says, either shall he speak. Why doesn't the Gemara answer? Maybe he tried and they and they rejected it. Well, what, what, didn't we just learn that you have to reject it? That if you try to return it, you have to reject it. But he might answer his before he had a chance. He did true before he had a chance to return it. Okay, so the, so the, yeah, everyone asks this question. Obviously, Taisa says, so "Why? What do you mean? Why didn't they return it? He, yeah, he did try to return it, but we rejected it, like we just learned." No, because then you wouldn't have to. Ret- then, then the children would not be obligated to return it. If the father tried to return it and he was told, and the owner was told by the rabbis to say no, keep it, so then it's okay. It's okay by him. So then the children can surely keep it. The father can keep it. The surely can, children can surely keep it. We're talking about he never said it's okay. The God, the, the the one who lends with interest, he has he has to offer to return. You have an obligation to offer to return. He has to tell you no. And if he doesn't say no, it's his right to keep it. The rabbis are not pleased with him, but it's his legal right to keep it. But he was never offered. 
and he died before he had a chance. Then we, we obligate the children to return. I'll bring you a proof whether we, we, we accept this and act. I guess London, I would believe, is after the government. Thieves, though they collected, the Braise says clearly, even though they collected the, the interest payment and he stole, he robbed, nevertheless, you have to return it to the owner. So, because London, my Govawika, what do you mean? Okay, we understand the Ribis, you collected the interest payment, it was a loan. You collected the principal plus the interest payments. Well, Gazlon, what do you mean Gazlon and he collected? What was he collect? The robber's not collecting anything. What do you mean he collected? He stole, he didn't steal. What do you mean he collected? If he stole, it means he has it. He says, even though he collected it, what do you mean? I mean, by definition, he stole it. It means he has it. L.A. might have to say, a Gazlon. Those who robbed, my new, what Gazlonim are we talking about? Malvedibis. So half a piece ago, even they already collected illegally, they collected the payment, the interest payment. Machzidim, they should return it to the borrower. So we see, but anyway, so he's not talking about uh, robbers. He's only he's only referring to it's interesting, but he refers to Malvedibis as, as robbers, because since it's immoral, since it's not allowed, a Jew is not allowed to collect. From Ribis, so therefore, if he takes it, it's a, he calls him a robber. How much more so if he never collected it yet? He should just rip up the contract and and, and, and just write a new contract. He just to pay back the principal. So, but what do we see here? We see clearly that he does have to return it. You said we made an enactment that he doesn't have to return it, and if he returns it, we reject it. Say keep it. Here he says, period. He has to return it. The interest payments to the borrower. So Amri, they said, Marzidon, yes, he has to return. On his part, he has to return it. A makablim him, that's on the, on, the, on the borrower, has to say, you know, keep it. And love Marzidon, so why, why bother? Anyway, you know he's not going to accept it. From Hashem's point of view, since you, you violated the, this prohibition, do you have to... Toshma bring your proof. We learn a royim agaboyim amuchsin shuvas and kosher. The shepherds and those tax collectors and um, you know the, the different types of tax tax collectors, gaboyim and muchsin. So they're all like borderline thieves. The IRS, they're all borderline thieves. The thief, the, the shepherd, goes into other fields. He's not so careful. He lets the, she- the sheep graze, the animals graze in other people's field. The tax collectors take a little more, pocket some, you know. Someone said, the politician, you should immediately arrest him. You know he's guilty. Then you'll figure out the details. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know pocketing, stealing, right, left, and center. Chuvas and Karsha, it's very hard for them to do chuva because they stole from the public. If I steal from an individual, I know who I can fix it. Here they stole from the from the community. They don't even know who they stole from. They stole from so many people. They stole from the public. But those who they recognize, they have to return whatever they stole. So we see clearly that you do have to return. If you steal, you do have to return. So how many they said? They have to, on their part, they have to do tshuva. They have to offer to pay. But a makablum, from to fulfill your obligation to heaven, you have to you have to do tshuva and you have to come clean and return. And we have to say no, we're not accepting. Why is it so difficult? It's easy to do tshuva. We make it easier for them. They're going to offer it, and we're going to reject it. In addition, look at the end of the look at the end over there in the brayim. What if they don't know? They don't know who they stole it from. They stole from the community, communal funds. Who are they going to? Who are they going to return the money to? Yes, when use the money for the community, build a community center, build a park for the whole community, do something with the whole community, build a library, build a shul, a chabad house, do something for the community. Rabchista specifies. What does he mean? Build beiris, sichin amaydes, maydes. Build cisterns. Well, so the community can drink water. So every, everyone, everyone is, that's available to the whole public, so everyone can benefit from it. 
So you see, there is an answer. What do you, so why is it, why is it so difficult? They offered to Truva and we rejected. And if they don't know who they stole it from, there's an answer. Do something that benefits the whole community. And that, and that will mend whatever, whatever sin you've done. Hell, is not a contradiction. You have to say, the price is talking about before, before the enactment. Before the enactment, it was difficult to trivial because before the enactment, they, they came clean, they had to offer to pay, and we didn't reject it. After the enactment, now it's easier. Another answer? That even though, at least, you have to pay the money if the, if the item that you robbed or stole is gone. And we enacted, you don't have to accept the money. Even it's not a contradiction. He says, in other words, if the item is intact, then of course you accept it. I don't have to reject it. If you're returning to me and the item is intact, the owner accepts it. Thank you <laughs> very much. <laughs> you stole my, my million dollar watch. Thank you for returning to me. I'm not going to, I'm not the. But if it's lost and gone and you're just paying money, so then, okay, keep it. So therefore, the two brides talking about the so there's no Takana Sashavim, and, and therefore you accept it. That's why it's very difficult. That's why Rai says it's hard to trivia. Kamazel Shenekeyamas. Okay, so let's already finish. We said the whole story, the whole what triggered this whole enactment? The case of the the guy who came to and his wife says you have to you have to return everything you own, even the belt you don't own, it's not yours. So they made an enactment. A belt is, is, is the belt is here. He stole the belt and it's still here. And he's telling me that he has to return it. So it didn't help him. This enactment didn't help this individual. Not that, that, that the belt that he stole is still intact. It means even the money that you bought the belt with, every cent that you have that you bought even your belt with is stolen money. We learn a beam. We have a takana. We learn a testified. If someone steals a beam and he inserts it in the building, he puts it in a high riser, a hundred million dollar skyscraper in Manhattan. So biblically, we would say you have to tear down the whole building, <laughs> take the beam, and return it to the owner. But we made a special enactment. So you see that even if it's intact, we don't force it. The answer shiny awesome. The key one, he could say to the beater, whatever you're going to force him to take down the whole skyscraper to take one beam. So the rabbit made a special enactment. But, but usually, but if it's intact in general, he's returning it as is, you have to return it. Shiny awesome. To be continued, have a wonderful day. We're going to do minchas.